0: Team Buck, welcome to the Freedom Hut, the Thursday, January 20th edition, and I'm in day four of my five-day quarantine. I feel good, and I knew that I would, because Omicron is just not as bad as previous COVID. And let's get into the news. Biden had a press conference, went on for like two hours yesterday. Endless absurdity, meandering nonsense, delusional, inept, foggy. So much to talk about with the Biden press conference, and we will certainly do that. Plus, the sham voting rights bill isn't going to go through because they're not getting rid of the filibuster for it. The vote happened last night, 52-48. Sinema and Mansion making the libs cry. So sad for the libs. And then we've got some more on the realities of COVID right now, some interesting stuff going on where apparently... The Biden regime doesn't understand what's happening in the rest of the Western world where they're starting to see more and more that all this stuff is crazy. Even the World Health Organization has said that travel restrictions are essentially idiotic at this point. So we'll get into all of this, my friends, uh, coming up here in just a moment. And yes, I'm excited that my my voice today is pretty much back to normal. So it's a good day for freedom. As if finding a job in this crazy economy isn't hard enough, now there are reports of at least 36,000 fake job listings in the U.S. designed to fool you into sharing driver's license info, social security numbers, whatever they can get. This is a classic phishing technique on the part of smart cyber hackers, and they're capitalizing on people having to move fast in this crazy job market. It's important to understand how cyber crime and identity theft are affecting our lives. Every day we put our information at risk on the Internet. In an instant, A cyber criminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances, your credit, your reputation. Good thing there's LifeLock. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats, including your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been compromised, they'll send you an alert. Look, I've had LifeLock set up for years. It goes right to my email, and the moment that something happens, and it has credit check, something going on, hey, did you open this credit card? They're there watching your back. And it is so easy for bad guys to get your social, get your credit card number, and it can cause nightmares for you. So have this layer of protection. And look, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses. But you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock by Norton. Join now and save 25% off your first year by using promo code BUCK. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com and use promo code BUCK for 25% off. Again, that's 1-800-LIFELOCK. Or go to lifelock.com, use promo code BUCK for 25% off. I'm just going to tell you this right now, before I dive into the Biden press conference, the first one he's had in many months, I think year two is going to be even worse. (laughs) So I'm not an optimist from the Biden camp perspective at all. You know, you might have seen this and thought to yourself, well, maybe Kamala would be a little bit better. First of all, no, she absolutely would not. Uh, Kamala isn't even good at being a shameless, phony politician, but when you look at this on the economy, jobs, uh, empty shelves, in the grocery stores, inflation, gas prices, national security. I mean, Biden pretty much gave a wink and a nod to Putin with a limited incursion into Ukraine. Uh, we'll get into that. The, the whole thing was an abject mess. But it's only going to get worse because you're going to hear a lot about the insurrection and white supremacy and all this stuff because Biden's agenda is not going through. He's been a total failure. There's nothing for him to talk about other than just being a clown, essentially. And so what are the Democrats going to do? Are they going to say, wow, we made a mistake here. Maybe we should allow for the natural corrective of a midterm electoral annihilation. Of course not. They're going to turn around and say, you're racist Republicans. And they're just going to do the usual relying on the media to concoct absurd narratives and just hope that they can shame people through the constant drone about the insurrection and Trump and Orange Man Bat into voting Democrat, even the voting Democrat right now is just clearly absurd. I mean, at the national level, it's just inexplicable unless you just all you care about are things that don't really matter to normal people like climate change. right? So if you're one of those 30 percent, 25 to 30 percent of Americans who are brainwashed lib, it doesn't matter. But for everybody else, for about 70 percent of the country, it's a total mess, An an abject, Failure. Um, let's let's just start with. Oh my! Oh, you know we've heard so much about how undermining elections is a bad thing. You shouldn't undermine elections. It undermines our very democracy, right? That's what they've been saying. That's what they've told us for years now. Because well, Trump was undermining them first with the Russia collusion, and then by not accepting the results, the sacred results of the twenty twenty election. An election in which they clearly changed key rules to benefit Democrats and use the pandemic as an excuse. But here is Joe Biden on whether the election is legitimate or not, depending on whether this voting rights bill gets passed. Play four, please. A moment ago, you were asked whether or not you believed that we would have free and fair elections in 2022 if some of these
1: state legislatures reforms their voting protocols. You said
0: that it depends. Uh, do you, do you think that they would in any way be illegitimate?
1: Oh yeah. I think it easily be, it be illegitimate. Imagine, imagine if in fact Trump has succeeded in convincing Pence to not count the votes in, in regards to 2022, sir, the oh, 2022. Elections. I mean, uh, 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 imagine if those, uh, attempts to say that, uh, The count was not legit. You have to recount it, and we're not going to count. We're going to discard the following votes. I mean, sure, I'm not saying it's going to be legit. The increase in the prospect of being illegitimate is in direct proportion to us not being able to get these reforms passed. If we we
0: don't get these reforms passed, it's illegitimate. You know, it's, it's the things, you know, illegitimate. It's legitimate thing that the, legitimate, Ill, Ill, legitimate, legitimate, we're legitimate, illegitimate, legitimate. This is what this is what we've got as the president of the United States right now. I mean, he's clearly undermining the election in advance because they all know they're going to get completely walloped because this guy is a joke. I mean, that this is the person they made president of the United States, and they're only able to do it because they pretend the Democrat Party and this is the big lie of the Democrat Party today. They pretend that it's moderate, reasonable, just want to help the folks, just want to just want to make sure that the folks get, you know, they, this is why all these Democrat politicians use that F word all the time, Biden particularly, you know, folks are on the dinner table and they're going to do the, you know, stuff and, uh, you know, they're paying their mortgage, their rent. It's hard. Yeah. He does the whole breathy thing, too. He did a little bit yesterday. <sighs> Joe Biden's breathing hard. That means I'm serious. (sighs) It's weird, right? I mean, it's creepy just you're listening to it right now. I'm not the president of the United States. But this is a guy who was supposed to be a giant head fake, really. He was a Trojan horse. The Democrat Party of today is effectively a socialist party. They're just not able to be open about it yet because the majority of the American people aren't with them. So they're they're known socialists to the 30 percent of the Democrat Party that loves all that stuff. And then to try to get the last 15 or 20 percent, they say, oh, we're a little moderate. You know, yeah, sure. And they they can fool just enough people to squeak out in a pandemic year, no less, an election win for Joe Biden. One that I think everybody now understands and looking back in retrospect is simply appalling. But here we are. So. Oh, speaking of how it's all going, Kamala is going to be his running mate in 2024, he says. This was interesting. Play three.
1: You put Vice President Harris in charge of voting rights. Are you satisfied with her work on this issue? And can you guarantee, do you commit that she will be your running mate in 2024, provided that you run again? Yes and yes. Do you care to expand? No, there's no need to. I mean, I asked the question. She's going to be my running mate, number one, and number two. I did put her in charge. I think she's doing a good job.
0: And and he's going to run again, is what he's saying there. And I'm just here to point out to everybody that's absurd. This guy needs to. This guy needs to hang it up. He should no longer be in this. He shouldn't be in this job tomorrow. Remember how much they talked about the 25th Amendment under uh, under Trump. 25th Amendment we got to remove him from office hmm and then there was this there was the discussion this got a lot of attention now look I want to be very clear about this I'm I'm not somebody who gets overly uh, worked up personally about what's going on with Russia and Ukraine Um, I view this generally in the it's not so much our problem like we'd like to help out Ukraine it's an allied country a lot of good people there I'm sympathetic but we're not sending troops. It's not our fight. We've done this far too often in the last 20 years. We're going to defend someone else's democracy. And, yeah, there's going to be some diplomacy things that go on here. But we don't have to make it easy for Putin, right? And we don't have to encourage the guy. I think that's fair to say. And here's Biden's remark on this one, which people might have been seizing on a little bit more than, although the Ukrainians are really really ticked off about it. So, actually, I think... I think, that's, I think it's fair. When the people that are about to get invaded are saying, you idiot, why are you saying this? I think that's a fair point. Here he is on the minor incursion of a r- Russia in Ukraine that could happen any day now. Play one.
1: He's never seen sanctions like the ones I promised will be imposed if he moves, number one. Number two, we're in a situation where Vladimir Putin is about to... Uh, we've had very frank discussions, Vladimir Putin and I, and... Uh, The idea that NATO is not going to be united, I don't buy. And so I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable if it invades. And it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having to fight about what to do and not do, etc. But if they actually do what they're capable of doing with the force amassed on the border, it is going to be a disaster for Russia.
0: Minor incursion. He did say it's going to be a disaster for Russia, but you know, if it's a minor incursion, we'll we'll treat that very differently. Look, you always try to respond with proportionate force or sometimes actually you try to use disproportionate force. But then that becomes proportionate in your calculation. But that's a whole other conversation about all this. Um, so, yeah, Joe Biden on remember foreign policy was why he was put on the on the Obama ticket. He was supposed to be the guy who knew foreign policy so well. Yeah, about that. Not so much. Uh, This is a guy who's been on the wrong side of every major foreign policy issue for the last 40 years. But if you really want to know why it's time for Biden to go tough to have a a better moment than when he started yelling um, at Phil Wegman, who's a reporter and. Here's how this went. I mean, this is in response to a, a very valid question about Biden engaged in reckless demagoguery in that speech. I mean, really nasty stuff. You're on the side of Bull Connor, unless you're in favor of, you know, uh, banning voter ID and ballot harvesting and uh, federalizing state elections across the country. You're on the side of Bull Connor and the worst racists of the segregation. Uh, segregation is south. I mean, it's such an ugly thing, uh, you know, but then again, Joe Biden's a guy who said, quote, going to put y'all back in chains end quote. Remember that? That was what Joe Biden said uh, to an audience with a lot of Democrats in it. And we all understand what the implications were of what he was saying and who he was trying to smear. Right. It was gross. He said this about Mitt Romney, if you remember. And here he is. Um, When asked an actual question, not even a a pointed question, really, just an actual question, play five. You campaigned and and you ran on a return to civility. And I know that you dispute the characterization that you called folks who would oppose those voting bills um, as being Bull
1: Connor or or George Wallace. But you said that they would be sort of in the the same camp. No, Uh, I didn't say that. Look what I said. Go back and read what I said and tell me. If you think I called anyone who voted on the side of the position taken by Bull Connor, that they were Bull Connor. That is an interesting reading of English. I assume you got into into journalism because you like to write. So did you expect that that would work with Senators Manchin or or Sinema? um, No, here's the thing. There's certain things that are so consequential. You have to speak from your heart as well as your head. I was speaking out forcefully and what I think to be at stake. That's what it is.
0: Well, that's not what I said, but that's its kind of what I said. Sassafras Shaz- malarkey. Rawr. This guy is ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. Oh, let's talk about more ridiculousness from the Senate Democrats who failed in their effort to break the filibuster for the voting rights bill that Biden is saying is so important he is to talk from the heart, sure. Uh, we'll get to that in just a moment. If you've ever thought about investing in real estate, I want you to check out my friends at Done For Your Real Estate. I'd never done this before. I met with these guys. They told me about their whole process. And I said, I want to I want to be a client. I, I don't just want to talk about what you do. I want to become someone who uses Done For Your Real Estate. Uh, I'm now closing uh, in a matter of, of, well, hopefully days here, on what will be the, uh, well, the, the second house personally, the fourth house that I'll be a partial owner of through done for real estate Uh, it's amazing Um, it's an amazing company they take you to the city They help you get the house I mean they help you pick the city and then they help you pick the house the broker all of it gets set up for you getting the loan in place everything and so I'm like I said I've gone through this process with done for real estate multiple times now multiple houses um, building a portfolio for my retirement these guys are great to work with they have real expertise and You see it, right? Once you close, you get that house, you get the tenant in place, you start getting that cash flow every month. You're like, this is a great system. And you're building up equity over time and the house value can appreciate too. So there's a lot of upside here that's possible. Go to doneforyoubuck.com to see how this works. Just go to that website, doneforyoubuck.com to learn more. Again, that's doneforyoubuck.com. All right, now we got the uh, Senate Democrats pushing for... um, voting rights stuff and well here's what here's what Manchin because I, I think he just slaps this down pretty easily here's Manchin's position on it. play 11 but breaking the rules there's no checks and balances in this
1: pro- process only for the only thing we have is a filibuster and they think if you have a situation we have right now where you have the executive branch of government and you have Congress the House and the Senate they're all the same and there's no check and balance because basically you just sweep right through and the same thing could happen if Republicans had everything. And I just, the only thing I've ever said was this. The majority of my, of my colleagues in the caucus, Democrat caucus, they've changed. They've changed their mind. I respect that. You have a right to change your mind. I haven't. I hope they respect that too.
0: I've never changed my mind on, on the filibuster. Mansion is the one who's being consistent. Schumer and the rest are the ones who are being huge frauds. In fact, many of the Democrats who are voting to break the filibuster for the voting rights bill uh, were in favor just a few years ago under Trump of maintaining openly in favor of maintaining the filibuster, specifically because they want to protect the rights of minorities. So they're frauds. These people are frauds. And I think it's um, it's absurd watching them try to convince us that we can't even go back and see what they're all about and, and what the reality was here. But It failed. No surprise. And this is this is accomplishing a few things for Democrats. I I wanted to be clear about this because I know it's easy to say, oh, well, it failed. So who cares? There's a reason that they are doing all of this. And the reason is they want to be able to tell their constituents. Oh, see, I went to the mat. I, I went all out for voting rights and the Republicans are racist. So they don't actually have to do anything other than go through the theatrics of this. All right. And they didn't actually break the filibuster. So makes it pretty easy. And for anybody who's in a a tough spot, Chuck Schumer with this whole process just gave them essentially the talking points that they need to go into their midterm election. If they're a Senator whose seat is up and say, see, I, I tried to do everything that I could. I took it all the way. So the whole thing is just about narrative creation Um, But it's also all rooted in a lack of honesty and a lack of principle, which is why Democrats excel at it. Not a surprise. You see this thing about Fauci? Dr. Fauci has this is in the New York Post. He has a big painting in his office of himself on the wall. And he also has on his desk a Fauci bobblehead doll. So I have to wonder if at night Fauci also goes to bed sleeping on a Fauci face pillow and also maybe blankets with little Fauci's all over them to make sure he's always reminded of how important he is in the fight against the virus and the spread of droplets. He's the absolute worst. I mean, think about this. You're you're the most visible part of a fantastically failed effort to stop a virus in the U.S. government. Okay, you are the most visible manifestation of that failed effort, and you are going to have photos of yourself all around your desk. What a weirdo. What a weirdo. But I've said all he's a megalomaniac. What do you think this guy has on this? This guy's in his 80s. He's been a bureaucrat his whole life. This is his moment, man. This is everything for him. This is why he thinks he has existed. This is why Fauci thinks he's been on the earth for 80 years to be the COVID czar. Don't you see? And there's never going to be a moment where he goes, wow, I really just made this about me and had horrible decision making and was dishonest and shut down honest science and shut down honest debate and immiserated people and caused them to lose their jobs and cost people their mental and physical health in the process. No, he's never going to think that because he's the absolute worst. The worst. Um, by the way, the World Health Organization has now said that lockdowns uh, for travel purposes, uh, travel uh, travel restrictions are simply idiotic, which is now obvious. People say, oh, but you supported the beginning with Trump. Yeah, because we thought maybe we hadn't already done this before and we, we needed to get hospital capacity up. We thought we were on a, you know, a ticking time bomb and days mattered and slowing slowing down the flow of COVID cases in the U.S., even if it was a little bit, seemed like it might have made a difference. The reality is, no, it probably didn't make a difference. And I, and I say that, and I'm honest about it. But it's a different thing to make that decision in March of 2020 than to make it now, which is what the Biden idiots have done, right? They say this all the time. The science changed. More data came in. That's how they excuse every stupid decision they make. Okay, well, the science actually did change, or rather the data changed, on whether or not we should consider travel restrictions. So that's one thing. But also the World Health Health Organization chief scientist, Sumya Swaminathan, Swaminathan. I think that's as good as I've got for right now, Um, uh, that's as close as I'm gonna get. Here's what she says. I think it's, uh, hopefully it's a she, I can't tell. Play it. The aim is to protect the most vulnerable, to protect those at highest risk of severe disease and dying. Those are our elderly populations, the immunocompromised, people with underlying conditions, but also healthcare workers. Because if a lot of healthcare workers get infected, as we see now, they can be out sick and we don't want them getting uh, severely ill. So to reserve boosters uh, for that population. Um, there's no evidence right now that healthy children or healthy adolescents need boosters. No evidence at all. No evidence that healthy children need booster shots. None. This is the World Health Organization chief scientist. Now, I know we could say, oh, but, fuck, they're owned by China and all this other stuff. Yeah, okay, but, I mean, it's true. There is no evidence that healthy children need booster shots. None. Zero. Meanwhile, Fauci's out there. We're trying to get the shots for the two-year-olds. We got to get needles in arms of the two-year-olds as fast as possible, or else there's a one in 10 million chance of a bad outcome for that child who is unvaccinated. Give me a break, man. Outrageous, outrageous what the public health apparatus has done in this country. And in the name of Democrats, in the name of the statists, the collectivists, it's awful. Absolutely awful. And it's not over. It is not over. We have a lot more that we have to fight on here. So don't think, that, uh, don't think that our battle is done. Thanks for being here with me on the Buck Sexton Show. Uh, please share it with somebody, tell somebody. I feel like so many folks who listen to me on the radio don't even know there is a Buck Sexton podcast, which is a 20 minute lightning rundown of everything you need to know for the day. So uh, tell someone, and the best way to do it is by just sharing it on your Facebook page, or uh, you can actually go into Spotify or the iHeart app and click share and just send it to somebody. Hey, check out this guy. If all of you did that, I think we'd be like an amazingly highly ranked podcast in addition to the very highly ranked Clay Travis and Buck Sexton show podcast. So that would be cool. So tell people about it. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Shields high.